the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Wake things up a little bit, Carrie. I was going to say, I'm really shocked, Mark. I know this song, but you picked this song. Well, I don't know what it is. I, I mean, I just know you that. You got to watch those lyrics. <laughs> oh, do I? Do I? Is this is this a mature audience? Uh, yeah, quite I just a put, bit. I just picked, you know, Super Bowl weekend. This is a halftime show, right, right. Rihanna? Oh, yeah, but this is like a. I just said, give me a. I just like. <laughs> I just did a robot. Send me a, 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 a one of Rihanna's hits because I know nothing about her. Music. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I can't play this. I mean, Rihanna, she's amazing, oh, isn't she? Oh, yeah, but I'm just saying she, She's like lyrics. a billionaire. Right, but I'm just saying some of those lyrics for... Well, can, can I play any of her songs on the radio? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. But anyway, so, yeah, Super Bowl weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Rihanna, the halftime show. I'm not excited about Rihanna. I, I, don't, I don't know any of her music. Carrie. Okay. I, I, I'm sorry. I, just, I do. Just... I mean, I usually listen to country, but I do listen to pop with the kids. And yeah, I just it, it, you know, but I know she's a multi or a billionaire, right? Billionaires, you know. Yeah, she, if you ask me, those she came, songs, she came to this I, country. I don't think she could speak English when she came to no. this country. She's from Barbados, right? Or, mm-hmm, or I think so. Um, quite a beauty. No, mm-hmm. no, no argument there. Um, as much as I'm not really into her music, right? Um, but she, how'd she make all her money, Carrie? I think music, I'm guessing, or probably marketing. Party I don't marketing. know. If she Isn't probably. She like does, a, I don't know if she maybe has a most. Of, I was going to say most people they have they have a line of clothing, they have like makeup. I think she's they got have all perfume. that. I don't know. Was what I'm guessing. Well, yeah, I, think, I just know. Her I, know I don't think she's produced any new music lately. No, uh, but that's probably why she's doing the halftime right. show. She got a new album coming out or something. I don't know that. That I don't know. But when I heard the music. I was like, oh. <laughs> All right. So what else did we get this week? So the State we, of the Union state address? Of, uh, state of the Union. Some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Ooh. All right. This, I couldn't believe how much hoopla was going on at this State of the Union address, right? Um, and this was the pinnacle because we have been talking about this on the radio show. And, and good morning, everyone. You're listening to Mark Donnelly and Carrie mm-hmm. Waddell, and you found Financial Food for Thought. We kind of jumped right into Rihanna, but now we're jumping right into the State of the Union address. And the all the, I think the main takeaway from the State of the Union address this year is that 
there's bipartisan agreement that they're not going to cut or the Republicans are not going to say we have to cut Social Security and Medicare benefits in order to get the debt ceiling erased. Mm -hmm. And yet the Democrats, including President Biden, keep saying that's what Republicans want to do. So this all came to head at the State of the Union. proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. No, I tell you, I, I enjoy conversion. Conversion? You know, <laughs> well, okay. So that was not a slip of the tongue. Right. That was his joke. Right. Instead of I enjoy conversation. Right. Conversion meaning the GOP is converting over right. to the Democratic yeah. thinking. Keep the programs where they are. They go away. Other Republicans say, I'm not saying it's a majority of you. I don't even think it's even a significant. Yeah, so they were saying name him. Of course, he wouldn't say Rick Scott. Of course, that's who right. he's talking about. Because Rick Scott, uh, at one time, you know, put up this his agenda of how to save America, and one of the eleven you know bullet points was the idea of that every five years all the government spending programs would sunset, right. and then each five years. The, then whoever had the power in Congress, you know, what what they would take a vote on which they would keep going and which they were going to let expire for good. Okay. So you so you you wouldn't you know, and and that would include the big entitlement programs such as Social Security and Medicare. But that was Rick Scott. That wasn't certainly the the whole Republican Party. And by the way, Kevin McCarthy had already in in a pre-buttal before the speech, I, I already came out and said. We're not holding the debt ceiling increase over the coals of we have to cut Social Security and Medicare. So, but it was already in Biden's speech. He wasn't going to take it out. But it's being proposed by individuals. I'm not politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. I mean, at this point, it's sounding more like uh, the, the the House of Parliament versus the House of Chambers, right? We're not normally get these cat calls and screams of liar, and but I I kind of like think it. People are you at know, it. I, I guess it's more entertaining because I certainly yeah, didn't watch I, I, it. I figured it was going to be boring BS I, anyway. I, I, I think <laughs> I kind of like. I gotta love it when you get these cuts from the Parliament when they're all yelling at each other mm-hmm. and stuff. I I kind. I think it makes it more interesting. I think Biden liked it. I think he perked up when he got the cat calls. He went off prompter then, and uh, you know. And- Folks, the idea is that we're not going to be we're, we're not going to be moved into being threatened to default on the debt if we don't respond. Folks. So, so, so then, you know, so then he, he kept it going. And of course, it was, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, the, the, the Georgia Republican House member. And she was the one who kept standing up yelling liar, right? And she was, you know, <laughs> did you see what she was wearing? No, she was, I didn't. She want- was wearing this abominable snowman outfit. It was this big white outfit, a white dress and a big f- white furry coat. And I don't know if she stood out like the, you know, the white balloon, you know, the Chinese okay. surveillance balloon, right? But I don't know why. I think, I think maybe she was wearing that because remember, maybe that was a nod or a throwback to remember a few years ago when, um, 
when the Democratic Congresswomen would show up to the State of the Union and they all wore white. Oh, yeah. It, it was kind of the idea of the suffragette. You know, it was like the 100th oh, anniversary brother, of the yeah. women's vote, and they, they were kind of doing it. I think maybe Marjorie was keeping that tradition. I don't know. But no I one else got the menu. I was going to say the, the, memo. The, the, the memo. I was going to say when you're the only one doing it, no one else knows. But right. who only? Maybe she just wanted well, know, to stand out. Certainly, Kristen Cinema didn't uh, Cinema didn't get the memo because she – did you see her big bird yellow outfit? No. Uh, oh, my God. It was, it was outrageous. She had this big – flowing yellow dress you have to you have to catch you have to look at that on youtube carrier or whatever um so anyways so what else happened at the state of the union um well okay it was long it was over an hour it's about an hour and 13 minutes and that's been historically long. I mean, Trump kind of started the the recent history of going over an hour. He he would go an hour and twenty minutes. Obama was consistently under an hour in his you know two terms. Um, so Biden is is keeping along Trump's thing and going over an hour. Um, the TV audience was terrible, Carrie. It was like twenty three million viewers. I think they say that was the lowest ever. Um, in comparison, Trump had about 47 million viewers. Mm. Obama had about 52 million. Clinton probably had about 65 million. Um, so the, and so, so Biden during that, that, uh, display where the Republicans were saying lie, you know, liar, 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 we're not holding, we're not going to cut Social Security right. and Medicare. And so Biden kind of came back and kind of said, oh, good. So we're all in agreement now, meaning he's think he's just made a deal. You know, that, that no, everyone you don't make in, a deal at the state of a union. Well, I think he kind of said, so, you know, and that's the point he made. And so then it was like, so he kind of say, like, are we all now then in agreement that we're not going to we're going to America's going to pay their bills and they're, meaning they're going to raise the debt ceiling and they're not going to cut Social Security and Medicare to do it. And and then they got like the standing ovation, you know, and, and it's like it's like, I, I'm sorry, I'm not giving a standing ovation for just kicking the can down the road. <laughs> I was going to say that's not an accomplishment. I know. It, it's it's like everybody knew that's what they were going to do. Uh, McCarthy, wow. already, McCarthy already came out and said, we're not going to continue to say that we got to cut Social Security and Medicare to raise a debt ceiling. Right. And 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 the fact of the matter is I, I'll give I'll give Congress a standing ovation when they solve the Social Security. Security and the right. Medicare insolvency well, issue. Well, our, our society now. You get a trophy for showing up. So I, I, I know, guess a standing ovation. They give a standing ovation. For nothing, yeah, for, for, for kicking the can down the road and saying that's we're, the way it works now. And they're all pennies on, on the back. It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> so, what were some of the things that I was looking for for the president to address? The economy. <laughs> Well, we knew that. Was, I mean, I, I knew they was going to talk about that and, and his job creation and how he cut the mm-hmm. deficit, which everybody now knows is just it's a it's a weird spin, so to speak. But no, some of the things I was one was I was wondering if he was going to give us an update on the student loan debt forgiveness. Because remember, Carrie, that guy's kind of got a lot of press last year. Right. You know, about. Oh, yeah, that he did that. And it was. Yeah. And that, you know, it, you know, that was the idea that you know the, the, that everybody was going to get a ten thousand uh, dollar 
um, you know, forgiveness of student loan debt, as long as you had incomes of less than what I, what Carrie was is like one hundred twenty five thousand mm-hmm. for single or double that for married jointly, and then if you were a Pell Grant recipient, you'd get an additional ten thousand. Um, so it, was, it could have been a twenty thousand dollar debt forgiveness, and he was really remember that was the that was his campaign promise when he was you know running and and, and, and oh, all that. Oh yeah, he was very thrilled with himself. Um, and we hasn't happened, and he didn't say a whole lot about that. No, because I don't think it's going to happen. Um, he uh, at, at one point he said something. He kind of gave a nod. He said, you know, to the burden of you know student loan debt, saying that his administration is still making progress by reducing student loan debt payments and and increasing Pell grants for working and middle class middle class families, but nothing really. And, and of course. The Supreme Court is going to get let us know mm-hmm. what they think about this, his right to do this. Right. Um, in June, we should get their, um, what they Which vote. is timing is when they deferred the payments, too, for the student uh, loans. And I was wondering if he was going to say much about the China surveillance balloon, but he really didn't. <laughs> no. Um, he just basically said, you know, his, his, his quote was like, make no mistake, as, as we made clear last week. If China threatens our sovereignty, we will act to protect our country, and we did. So, you know, the question is, did they? Were, did, they? did they act only because somebody <laughs> saw it? And did they know it was there oh, or not? Right. And if they knew it was there, and were they not going to act until that reporter in Montana, you know, blew the, the whistle on it? Um, the other thing that I was wondering if he was going to talk about was the the because Carrie, you've you've always this has always been an issue with you too is about how much of the stimulus money you know wasn't used or right. used in a fraudulent manner because a lot um, and both to both of those questions there's a lot of money that they already passed and sitting there hasn't been used and there's a lot of fraud I mean I don't know I saw this week there were more news headlines about how many businesses fraudulently took advantage now they're starting to crack down on and right so in because in his last year in the 2022 state of the union address um biden brought that up and so he was saying that was one of his main things to, to crack down on all the supposedly this fraud that went on right you know with the pp plan right you know right. um and so so then and so last year he was talking about that and i'm like i really didn't hear any you know that he was successful in doing anything because and then a few days ago, prior to this year's State of the Union, um, the watchdog, what do they call it? I think it's called the Pandemic Response Accountability Community. Okay. Right? Um, and they put out an updated report. And yeah, it's not, it's not good news, Carrie. <laughs> what, what they're finding. No. And, and it's like, is anybody ever going to get this, our money back? All right, you know, you know, the PP plan was a good idea. It was a good program, but could they do something about the fraud that was going on with it? Um, so, what did the the Pandemic Response Accountability Committee come up with? They found that sixty nine thousand three hundred twenty three potentially fraudulent Social Security numbers were used to obtain. <laughs> $5.4 billion from the PP plan. You know, that was the Paycheck Protection Program. Right. And the COVID-19 Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program. 
every day there's somebody else getting wrecked. But I'm saying, like, I just Google it, Mark. You know, one day ago, $1 million fine for fraudulent loan. Another woman. Oh, good. So they're catching. 35 million PP. I mean, it's multiple, multiple, multiple. Yeah. So hopefully, so, you know, hopefully. But what are they going to do with that money then? It's, well, I think it just goes back into the um, the, the military industrial complex, Gary. I don't know. I don't know. Um, all right, get us started. All right, regardless of that, um, good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. Between 9 and 10, we're a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information about issues that could impact your financial life, whether you're someone who is working or already in their retirement years and making you aware of issues and opportunities and potential problems and what are actionable steps that you should be taking and issues you should be looking at. Because even if you're okay, there are often missed opportunities. And if you're not happy with the government, which a lot of people aren't, then make sure that you're using all strategies and solutions to minimize what they get and have more of a say on what you do with your money. If you spend it, give it to charity, whatever that may be. Our show is sponsored by the estate planning team. We've been around Cleveland now more than 35 years, helping people um, through our financial modeling and objective unbiased analysis. What we do is projections and taking into account people's income, expenses, inflation, growth rates, and building detailed custom financial models so they understand how short-term decisions affect the long-term outcome. Then we can see opportunities that they can create income as tax efficiently as possible. If you're still worried about market volatility, our plans also show people what growth rate they need to accomplish their long-term financial goals, which translate to how much risk they really should be taking on. And we constantly say, if you could do all the spending you want, retire when you wanted to, and have the level of spending you really like or would want to do in your retirement years and your money's never running out, then why take on the unnecessary risk. And we don't do investments. Our clients either do that on their own or we work in coordination with their existing investment advisor to get the best result possible. We also look at ways you can create income you need as tax efficiently as possible, help people with timing of social security, pension election analysis, income replacement needs, or if you're worried about these worst case scenarios, we can model in another plan and show you If the worst happened and the worst can be custom based on your worries and what's going on, then how do you adjust so that you will be okay? And at least you know and gives you peace of mind. Although planning does give you peace of mind and gives you real actionable steps, it also can save you money in the long run and accomplish your long-term financial goals. And we offer a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation. We offer that by phone or in person, and we do preliminary analysis. If you'd like to schedule, call and leave a message. We'll call you back on Monday, or you can visit our website. That's 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. Right, okay, I, that's a better song. I can play this song? That's a little less dirty. <laughs> okay. Again, never heard it. What's the name of this song? Um, this song umbrella? is um, oh. Umbrella. That one's that one's, that one's one's a good song. So this could go on the this NFL on, family-friendly yes. show on Super yes. Bowl Sunday? The other one? Uh, okay. 
So, let's see. So, what am I going to say? So, Super Bowl, yeah. So, I guess the good news is you know, they, they're saying the chicken wing price is coming down this year, Karen. I did notice that because my son and I go for wings. I, and so, he always gets wings. So, okay. those are coming down because they got really pricey. Oh, you mean at a restaurant? Yeah. Oh, I was at a restaurant. You know, the last time I ordered wings wasn't too long ago at a restaurant. It, I was shocked because it just had market price. Right, like, yeah, like, they was it like that. lobster or yeah, what? Yeah, they stopped that because we, yeah, my son loves his wings but they got pricey they're saying that across the country they're saying it's running about 262 a pound this is if you're buying in you know right. the supermarket and they said the last year was about 298 a pound so what happens the chicken flew over or whatever i don't know because where are they getting the wings that, that's down i think it's more expensive in sea town i don't think you can get chicken wings and fresh chicken wings in this town for under three dollars a pound i don't get can you can. i don't know i always do it by the number um, i can tell you price per wing <laughs> oh I, well i can tell you this we're a far cry from you know the early 80s when when i used to go out with my friends weekly right. to partake in you know like the brown derby 10 cent wing night right? right oh yeah no we're beyond i'm thinking more like a buck a wing now at least yeah i remember we used to sit down we'd order 25 hot wings right mm-hmm. and then when the waitress brought those over we'd put in our order for the second 25 this is mm-hmm. each so you know for five bucks you had 50 hot wings oh, and you were good, a good for a deal. week i was gonna say that's a great deal right, cholesterol i don't know if you're good for a week right um, but anyways so what do i want to talk about today carrie i'm going to talk today about the tax pitfalls that you want to avoid when you're transferring investment accounts around, right? Mm-hmm. And it's something that, you know, we have been dealing with for decades. You know, we've been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 36 years. And over those decades, not only do we a lot of times carry here horror stories, so a lot of clients come to us because they've been burned before. Mm-hmm. By an investment advisor, or perhaps um, an annuity person, or perhaps the, the, the what they thought they were buying in terms of financial planning really wasn't, or a financial product that they don't understand really they, how it works, or they did, yeah, or they may be using a CPA or enrolled agent to prepare their tax returns, but it was really more compliance driven than really tax planning driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it, and, and, and some of those. So, so they would tell us stories, right? And then I also, w- you know, we would read the tax court cases that were happening and, mm-hmm. and where families are in tax court because they fell into one of the pitfalls, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, un, uh, you know, unknowingly. Um, so, so I'm going to talk about before that too, you know, the, the, uh, well, yeah, I guess I can. Talk a little bit about that. I mean, I guess, was I going to say something else, Carrie? Um, well, I, I guess it's just as a background. I, the See, also over the decades, we have noticed that after periods where the market was down, and I mean down big, we it was not unusual that in, if, if an investor was using a professional managed investment portfolio, mm-hmm. that they start looking around for a new manager. Right. Because they say, hey, my guy did terrible. But right? I think a lot of people did. T- like, I, I guess it's, did you lose as much? 
uh, yeah, as the benchmark. Right? Did you, you know, do, do or, you know, or you're just upset? Some people just jump because, or they're looking for something else because they saw their their portfolio down. Right there, there really was no analysis to compare their re, their bad results to anybody else's bad results. It was more of an emotional decision. Mm-hmm. I'm mad. I'm moving. Right. And I think investment advisors know that's the mentality. Mm -hmm. So they come out of the woodwork after bad years in the market. Mm -hmm. And they'll come out and they'll say, yeah, we're the ones that will protect you in down markets. And, and we'll give you a second opinion. And, and, you know, we're the ones that are going to save your retirement from derailing due to market losses, right? And, or... I was going to say, when you just said that, I that sounded like an annuity salesman. Or... I thought that when you said market losses. Right. Or, of course, yeah, everybody has heard the, the fixed annuity sales pitch, Which right? I think that annuities have their place and whether... And, the, and being in the market has their place. And only because you mentioned it, too many people are putting, moving all of their portfolio then into some annuity with some bonus. And because... They heard the sales pitch and then they just moved it all and were like, maybe you wanted to move a part. Right. You know, you didn't necessarily shouldn't move it all because do you understand that you only get that bonus if you leave it there for X amount of years and then turn it on as an income stream? You don't get that bonus as a walk away, which I've had a few clients that said, oh, well, I figured I was going to get that bonus annuity because it would make up for my losses. Right. And that's fine. But do you understand the how to get that? And they didn't. They thought after 10 years or seven, you know, they could just take a lump sum, move it to something else, and they'd get that bonus, which is not the case. Right. They were sold the sizzle, right? They, mm-hmm. they heard the best parts about the pitch, but they didn't hear the bad parts. And and again, it, it's <laughs> I could spend probably five shows on this topic, mm-hmm. right? But we'll see how much I can get through this one. So, but it's also, if you're making those quick emotional decisions... A, a lot of times you're 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 not aware of the tax pitfalls that you may fall into when you start moving investments around. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as you know, last year I talked even before last year, Carrie. I've been talking for a while. You know, we've heard a lot of the. It, it, well, I always been saying that I think the rumors of the death of the sixty forty portfolio have been a bit exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, certainly the sixty four sixty forty portfolio did terrible last year, mm-hmm. and everybody knows that. But didn't it do terrific in twenty twenty one? Double yeah, digits. It's still done pretty well over time. Now. In fact, it was the worst year, uh, and we did have a little of a comeback at the end of 2022. With barring that coming, so so now the it was the worst 60/40 performance since the Great Recession. Okay, is it wound up the year? But prior, you know, earlier in the year, I mean, if you have to go back before the Great Recession, you got to go back a hundred years where the 60/40 had a, a worse performance. So yeah, and and but don't look now, Carrie, but it, it, you know what the 60/40 is up year to date. Now we're mm. taping the show on Friday. I mean, you know, it's about six point eight percent. Dang. Okay, so that's again. Is the sixty forty dead forever? I don't think so. I think you have a pretty good shot of your sixty forty portfolio doing the five or six percent rate of return that you built your financial plan on um, this year in twenty twenty three. But um, 
Okay, so so, but there's still this issue that the uh, that 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 the investor gets caught in the grass is always greener, right? Meaning right. that, well, I think you know this new advisor is telling me he's giving me a second opinion. And by the way, Carrie, over the years, you know, just how many when how many second opinions that the investment advisor offers for free that they come back and tell the investor, oh, we think it's best if you just stay with the current advisor that you have. Or your current advisor is doing a pretty good job considerably. Yeah. Mm. I would guess never. Versus, oh, I think I could do a better job for you. Move all your assets over. But yet they still say, oh, we'll give a second opinion. Um, Just think about that for a minute. All right. Um, All right. So... So here's typically now if you're going to to do that yeah you've got to, first of all you always got to be comparing apples and apples in other words you want to look at not only the performance in the most recent down year but yeah how how has the advisor's performance done in up and down years right and and, and things like that um now you mentioned the annuity a lot of times the fixed annuity is saying yeah see you don't want to lose all your money in the market that's why you need to put all your money in fixed annuities right and and i've always said on this show too is if you're trying to get a, an opinion about fixed annuities versus a stock and bond portfolio well here's a here's a heads up don't ask the guy that only sells stocks and bonds his opinion about fixed annuities right and 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 vice versa don't you know go to the fixed annuity guy if you want to know what stocks and bonds you should own and also i think the difference is we keep telling people there's no good or bad products or strategy it's how they're used and is it for the right reason at the right timing um because usually it, every product has good and bad. And I love Mark. You usually do it. You didn't do it this Christmas where you, it was kind of like a Dr. Seuss about we like bonds. We like stocks. Right. We like, usually it's a combination. You want to do maybe strategies aren't all or nothing. Usually it's how much or, you know, uh, what portion do you want to put in that? Whether right. it's CDs or cash or yeah. fixed equity annuities or bonds are good parts of fixed doesn't mean you do a hundred percent in one or the other. Right. Who said that you have all your money in a stock and bond portfolio versus all your money in fixed annuities? Who said that? The investment person or the annuity bureau. I mean, you, you remember all those ads? Oh, I hate annuities and you should too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it's like, well, Carrie, now again, again, just off the top of your head, I, of our clients, you know, what percentage do you think of our current clients own both stocks, bonds, and annuities in their portfolio? Probably I'd say 30 to 40. I would say it's over 40. Okay. I would say it's closer to 50 um, and, and, and getting larger. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's it. And 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 again, and, and and then you also you know heard well. Oh, you should never own annuities inside tax qualified plans, right? You know, like IRAs or four hundred mm-hmm. because they are already have got a tax deferral and a non qualified, and that's caused a lot of confusion and tax pitfalls. But my point is, well, if if annuities in four hundred one k's is such a bad thing, why did our government just come back in and say the company's got to put them back in and offer them? 
<laughs> because, right. because annuities do have a purpose. As you know, you can turn it into a, a pension, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's an important part of a lot of people's how they're going to build their retirement. They want that fixed retirement income, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's what annuities. So anyway, so it, yeah. It, the bottom line is now. You now here's maybe a better idea than the second opinion. How about this, Gary? How about you as the investor are in a roundtable discussion? You've got your stock and bond guy present. You've got your fixed annuity guy present, and you're having a three way conversation on what you should do. Yeah, we propose that. Not very often does it happen. But wouldn't that be interesting? So now each one of them could respond to what the other one is saying. And, and you know, kind of like an in-person fact check thing, so mm-hmm. to speak, right? I think you would get a, I think it would put you in a better decision-making mode if you did that. Um, all right. But let's get more to some of the, the pitfalls. Okay. Um so, so let's first set up the scenario, Carrie, where you're switching a managed investment account from one tax qualified plan to another tax qualified plan. Okay. All so right. you're saying like a 401k to an IRA or an IRA rollover to an IRA. Right. Okay. And um, so typically, but we're saying that the current plan is invested, I'm going to say in stocks and bonds. Now it could be mutual funds, whatever, but you know. So typically what happens is that the, the, the new investment advisor that you're changing over to um, will tell you just, hey, liquidate your account. Go ahead and liquidate it. And then when it's in cash, we'll set up the transfer that just transfers the cash over. And then when the cash comes over to your new account, the new advisor then goes to work and invests it. Okay. Um, and, and that's, fine um you know because it it, it's all wrapped up in a tax deferred status all right um but there could be issues where you get into what we call the 60-day rollover rule right if you don't Mm -hmm. do that transaction correctly (laughs) all right and this has caused a lot of families to go to tax court over the years Right. And it it's and and it was a big issue, Carrie. We were talking a lot about that on this radio show about ten years ago. Okay. All right, because there were a couple major tax court cases that really brought this to light and and you know, shined a spotlight on it. But it so we, we remember at the time I was calling it the sixty day rollover failures, right? right? Um and so the idea is so if you're the correct way and the way we always recommend if a client wants to do that is by setting up a direct rollover where you go from the trustee to trustee mm-hmm. and you and the money doesn't come to you in between. Right. Or we call it a custodian to custodian transfer. Right. A trustee to trustee or custodian custodian. The names are used interchangeably. And in, in other words, and, and that way, you know, it's a clear rollover and you're not under any other scrutiny from the IRS. Right, because that means that company that you're with now will write a check to the other one or wire transfer funds for the benefit of you. And if you never get a check, it's a non-issue. But then over the years, over the decades, you know, there's a lot of people that they don't do it that way. Because it's quicker? Well, we'll we'll talk about that. In other words, as opposed to doing a trustee to trustee transfer, they 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 call up their current custodian, hey, and say, sell my account, go to cash, and then three days later, you know, when everything settles, 
they call up and say, give me a full distribution, send me a check. And then when they get that check, they deposit it into their checking account. Okay, and then now they're in the 60-day window that they have to roll that into a qualified IRA so they won't be tri- it won't trigger a tax event. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's what we refer to as a 60-day rollover rule. All right, um, and what we have found through tax court cases is that the 60-day is a firm threshold. It's not 61 days. It's 60 days. Mm-hmm. And weekends count. Right. And holidays. And holidays. All right. Um, <laughs> and calendar days. And there's court cases where the client got it done in less than 65 days and they lost. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a bright line test, 60 day. All right. Um, now, the, the other, it could also, it, and so the question is, well, why would anyone go that route instead of the mm. trustee to trustee? Because usually the advisor tells them. The new advisor. The new advisor tells them to just get a check. We'll do the 60-day rollover because it gets the account set up as quickly as possible. So they get your money. The new guy gets your money quicker because the quicker he gets your money. The quicker he gets paid. The quicker he gets paid. So he'll tell you that don't worry about. And also, because if you do a trustee to trustee, the new advisor has to send paperwork to the old custodian. Mm-hmm. And the old custodian has got certain time limits that they have to respond to that. Right. So it is still fairly quick. It's just not as quick. Right. But what's going to happen is the the current the old the current or the old custodian or investment advisor is going to get word that one of their clients is trying to close the account right so you're going to get a call from that old advisor and you're going to get a sales pitch of why you shouldn't move right or just don't answer your phone right um so so (laughs) that so and and the new investment advisor knows that right Right. um because he has to make those calls when a client leaves him right so you know so now um so so he says hey we're going to skip all that just don't even tell them you're closing the account just go to cash and when once in cash ask for a distribution Deposit, send me a check, and we're all set until you miss the 60 days, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, it could also be an issue to carry if you are switching from a like a 401k to an IRA, but you're doing the distribution in between, right? Because when there's a lot of times there's a 20% mandatory federal withholding obligation. Right, you can't do any, you can't. It's when, just- when you take a distribution from a 401k. So when you're doing this maneuver, you know, you're trying to move 100% into the, you want 100% as a tax-free rollover to the IRA. But you, the way you do it, you're doing it 80%. You're only getting, you're getting a check for 80%. The other 20% is off to the Uncle Sam. Right. Okay, so now... You want to get the full hundred percent. You got. You want to put the full hundred percent within the sixty days. So you got to come up with the twenty percent from another source. Right. Do you have to sell something? Do you have to take a penalty? Okay. Now also, you are also now waiting around to get a refund from the government because the government ain't going to send you the money back till you file a tax return and, and, and that now you establish that the, that the distribution was not taxable because you met the sixty day rollover. Mm-hmm. exception all right um so that you know that can sometimes 
come up. Um, now, also, as I was talking about some of those court cases, the one that comes to mind was, you might remember, the Lizzie Beach case. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Elizabeth Beach, this was from, I think, 2012 was a court case. And that was a situation where Lizzie's mother left her, you know, the IRA. Mm-hmm. And and what happened was um, she the the daughter um, the sole beneficiary of mom's IRA was working with her own investment advisor than than the what the investment advisor that the mother was working with right so when the when the daughter's investment advisor heard that she was inheriting this IRA he said oh yeah don't worry Lizzie this is what you want to do call liquidate it tell them to send you a check. Get it over to me, and and within the sixty day rollover, I'll get it invested. Mm-hmm. So Lizzie, get, she followed the directions. She got the money. She got the money out of Mom's IRA. She deposited it in her checking account. Within the sixty days, she got a check over to the her advisor. And but there was just one slight problem, Carrie. Mm. There is no sixty day rollover rule for inherited IRAs. So it was considered a distribution. Yeah. So her argument on any account, it wasn't allowed. <laughs> Mute. Right. And not only did she have to pay the taxes, but since she was under 59 and a half. She got an extra 10% penalty. Um, if she, well, what happened was, no, no, let me see. What happened was, um, No, she didn't get. No, she okay. I, no, she didn't have that because it wasn't her. So so no, she didn't have any penalty because they said, well, you, you she still had to write to take out the inherited IRA right. all at once. Okay. Um but she got a huge tax hit, I'm guessing. Yeah, she got the tax hit and you know and, and that and and that was what you know, it was going to you know, because of the um the amount that she took all at once, it crazed such a high tax. She was underpaid for taxes. It was all, it was right. a big mess. Um, and she went to tax court. And fought it. And I'm sure that wasn't cheap. Well, her, and her defense was that she was just following orders. From other advisors didn't tell her that. But the thing is, her, her investment advisor wasn't sitting in tax court. Correct. She is. Now, what I want to know, and I don't, I remember you talking about this case so technically, they set up a separate inherited IRA, which really should have just been a non-qualified at that point. Well, yeah, they because s- you can't do the sixty-day rollover. So technically, that other advisor, if she was getting a check, she just would have opened up an account in her name because she did a lump sum distribution. Yeah, the, the, clearly, the advisor thought that there was a sixty-day rollover rule for inherited IRAs. Right. And, and that, now the other case that was a couple years after that was the Bobro case, and that was the one. Carrie, the other sixty-day rollover failures is when you you can only do one every twelve months. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get into the weeds of why that is a law, right. but it, it it was it was just the idea that. Um, People were manipulating the the IRA distribution rules. They were getting liquidity. They were getting their hands on their IRA right. to to do other things before fifty nine and a half. This is where I was, you know, thinking of the fifty nine and a half. And then they would, within the sixty days, they would roll money back in so they wouldn't be charged the pre fifty nine and a half withdrawal penalty, the ten percent. 
And Bob Rowe did, got really crazy with that. He was moving huge IRAs all over the place. It was a big case, and they said clearly he was just manipulating. You know, he was trying to get around the rules. And so in 2015, you know, the IRS clarified their rule and saying that, yeah, you can only make one rollover from an IRA to another in any 12-month period, okay, regardless mm-hmm. of the number of IRAs that you own. All right. And that is so, so people run afoul of that. You know, you, you, you're, you're, and it's not in a calendar year, it's 12 months. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it doesn't follow, you know, you, you know, you just can't do one in 2023 and do another one in 2024 if they're both happening within a 12 month period. And so if you, it, so for, to avoid all these situations, just do, the custodian, the custodian transfer. Right. It might take a little longer. It's just cleaner. You don't have to worry about the 60 days. You don't have to worry about the 20% mandatory federal withholding. You know, just, you know, just do it that right. And if your advisor wants his money that quick, maybe you should have a discussion about that. Um, okay. Another issue that comes up is if the accounts that you're planning on move are in non-qualified or taxable status, Mm -hmm. like a brokerage account. You know, so this is, let's say you own investments in a taxable or brokerage or a non-qualified account. We call that meaning that it's subject to, you know, you, 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 the taxes is being, uh, triggered as you go interest, dividends. If you make sales, you could have capital gains and losses. So you're, so you're getting the tax hit while it's happening every year. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so let's say you're trying to move this, uh, non-qualified stock and bond account over to your new investment advisor. And he again says, Oh, just go to cash. And when you get the cash, send it over to me and I'll invest it. And over the years, Carrie, again, new clients come in. The new investment advisor never brought up to them the idea that, hey, before you sell everything, you better, you know, do you have any idea of what the capital gain may be if you liquidate? Which means, do you understand what the tax impact of liquidating that account is going to be on your tax return? They don't even bring it up. No, because you're supposed to consult it with your tax person. Okay, um, and and they're saying that it, you know, okay, so 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 we've had we've heard horse, lots of horror stories about that, and you know, we're, we're clients, they, and they don't know. I mean, they're, right. they're, they're they just, just they're just emotionally saying, "I got to get my money to this new guy because he's right. so much better." And the new guy is saying, oh, who cares about taxes? I'm I'm going to do wonderful things for you. Right. Well, guess what? Then next year, your capital gains, you shoot you through a tax threshold. Your Medicare premiums go up. You got it's it. It's going to cost you. And and so you, you'd say, well, do they have to do it that way? No. No. You could have a, what we call a stock in kind transfer, where the if you own ABC stock in your old company, it transfers over. The shares aren't sold, doesn't trigger any capital gains. Then it's it's a cat, and we call that over. It comes over as shares in the new account. But but here's the problem. So because the new advisor now has a um, a Finra issue to deal with, right? Because he's charging you a fee to manage your account. Mm-hmm. So if he just moved your ABC stock from your old company into his new account and doesn't make any change it, why should he deserve a fee for managing it? Right. 
because he didn't make any change. It that, was just hosting what you did before, basically. It's an inherent problem with the compliance world. Correct. All right. Um, now, so, but, you know, it 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 could be done. I, I've had clients do it. And this is what, to, you know, and this is where we help coordinate with our clients in situations like this, Carrie. And, and, and usually because a lot of times the, 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 the investment advisors may have a situation where they have what was called like a, a, a part of the account that's not under management. That they're not charging their management fee. They're just holding it for you. Mm-hmm. It could be a similar situation if a client loves a certain stock that they don't want to get rid of. Right. Which now, happens a lot. Or they were tied to for yeah. emotional reasons. Or <laughs> emotional reasons. Company, yeah. um, but, you know, the new advisor is, is saying, hey, look at investor, a client now. I mean, we'll keep this over in this other account. I'm not responsible for it. Right. If it goes up or down in value. But also, we're not charging you a management fee to hold. Right. Okay. So some will do that. Most of them won't do that, mm-hmm. Carrie. But you can, it never hurts to ask if you're in that position. Um. Okay. So, okay. Why don't you? Let me see. How much money, Carrie? Why don't you go over the numbers, and then I'm gonna maybe all right. See how much time. Well, regardless we of this, we help our clients with this all the time. Whether they're doing have an investment advisor, switching an investment advisor, or end up doing the investments themselves, which sometimes switch people to um, make that option too. But we help people with all these issues. We're an Ohio Register affordable fiduciary planning firm. So we look at all the issues of your financial life. And if you'd like to take advantage of a free consultation to see how we're different and how we may be able to help you, help you, and after that, we'll tell you whether we think an hourly option or a comprehensive retainer makes sense. And we only recommend our services if you're someone who can benefit. You can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit us at financialfoodforthought.com. All right. So we're talking about the pitfalls, the tax pitfalls when you're switching investment accounts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is what we, you know, through all the stories we've heard from new clients coming into us versus tax court cases, we have all, you know, this is always on the top of our mind. So when we're working with a new client and they're going through this process, we make sure that they don't fall into one of these pitfalls. Mm-hmm. And also because we know their new investment advisor isn't going to bring these issues up to them. Right. And their CPA is off the radar because they don't even know you're doing it. Mm-hmm. All right. So you've got to get the coordination of advisors. And we always say, hey, we might not have all the answers, but we know what questions you need to be asking your other advisors. Right. And, and help you get into decision making mode and, and try to you so and help to avoid that these tax pitfalls that we've seen other families fall into time and mm-hmm. time and time again. And usually it's just, uh, you know, working it out, usually there's a solution. Mm -hmm. It's not the same solution for everyone, but at least it puts the client into decision-making mode. It takes a little bit of the emotional out of it and more, you know, let's think about this. Right. Or did you even consider the consequences? Because how many people had no idea until we mentioned it? You don't know until after the fact. Unfortunately, we see more of that than not. So let me go back to the tax qualify. So, so Carrie, this has also come up. And this is if 
the the client or the investor is already in required minimum distribution phase right now again we just had the new secure act 2 pass right so the age 72 is now age 73 mm-hmm. as long as you turn 72 this year you know, right. after 1231-22 and by the way if you turn you know 74 after 1231-32 your rmd is age 75 right um, so that's so we're getting everybody caught up with those new rules, right? And 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 planning accordingly. Um, but let's say you're already in RMD. So so here's a situation, Carrie. You've got a, somebody who's got a 401k that they're rolling over to an IRA. Mm-hmm. All right. And what they're doing is. And it doesn't have to be a 401k. Let's just say an IRA to IRA. They got an IRA at the old old investment advisor that they're upset with. They want to move to the new investment. So they, but they're moving in June. Okay. okay. And they haven't done their RMD yet for the year. Right? Okay. So they move the account over. 100% of the account goes to the new um, advisor. And they just know that by the end, by 1231, they know they got to get the RMD out by the new advisor. Right. And they just assume that he'll let them know what that amount is and make sure it gets done right. by December 31st. Well, that may be a bad assumption. Mm-hmm. Because technically, the you know, you have to look at whose responsibility is it to keep track of what the IRA balances are for RMD purposes. It's the custodian who has possession of the assets at 1231 of the previous year. Because the RMD is based on the 1231 value. Right. So if so, if you now, so what happens is the new investment advisor is not going to tell you what the RMD is because they don't have the information to, to calculate right. it. And they, it's not their responsibility. They have to pick up their responsibility next year. Right. So so as a recommendation, have the old custodian do the RMD first right. before the money is transferred over. Or if not that, at least get them to tell you what the amount is so you know what to do by December 31st. Right. And we'll talk about more of these next week, I hope. You can call the estate planning team for a free consultation at 440 440- Two three nine twenty ninety, or visit us at financialfoodforthought.com. Enjoy the game. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flint with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com